Hey guys. Hey Justin. Hey. Hey, this all of this this COVID stuff. We've I've been in my house for like like a month and a half, same as like you guys. It's all crazy. Yeah. And I haven't seen you guys since the end of Star Trek Picard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's it's been it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute, guys. But let me I, I have to say just seeing you, it brings it brings a sense of order and stability to my new universe, though, that you guys are still pompous asses <laughs> and damn sexy men. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, it, uh, thank you, Justin. Enough ri- uh, witty repartee, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> or should Justin, I say what's the name of- Captain Lavoie? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what's the name of the show again? Huh? Uh, <laughs> I haven't done it. I have in the two months. God damn it! Engage. <laughs> is that is that the name of the show now? God damn it! Engage. It should be. So. It should be. There was enough cursing on that Picard show. <laughs> There was a lot of cursing in Picard, but it does my heart good. Um, that original TNG, the the hardest uh, they ever went was gobbledygook. Uh, yes. Uh, Picard I, says gobbledygook in this, I believe. Um, something I did not notice until this morning, gentlemen, is that this particular episode is, at least on Netflix, rated TVPG for sex, comma, fear. <laughs> two things that don't happen in this episode what are you talking about um did you did you not see the scene where uh to thank his legal counsel data gave uh jean-luc a little package to take into the uh, restroom <laughs> a little spherical object <laughs> no there there was definitely some sex fear did you see all of the um reaction shots of each of the people in the uh in the room after Data revealed he fucked Tasha Yar. Yes. Pretty, pretty fearful. There, <laughs> there was yes, some it, terror on those faces. There was. <laughs> Especially the lady. The judge yeah. lady. <laughs> the, the, I, I had never really noticed this before. The look she gives is like, it's really funny. It's like a mixture of like, huh? And then also, <laughs> huh? Impressive. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that that happened. But also, right on. <laughs> oh my. Okay, I think that was a little naive of the writers to think that we uh, weren't going to be inventing sex robots within like weeks of that episode's airing. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. That's gonna be the yeah. first thing robots can do. <laughs> like all it's, the other shit. Can we later. fuck it? That's the that's the number one question for any technology we invent now is can we fuck it in some capacity? <laughs> I also I thought about well, the, isn't... Uh, the closing remarks of Jean-Luc going through Bruce Maddox's criteria for uh, sentience and realized that, like, Siri could answer all those questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Siri, we're where kind, are you we're... now? What are you? We're actually, like, beyond the pale of what even the Star Trek writers back then conceived of in terms of, like, AI capability. Like, we're already pretty much there. 
Oh, oh yeah. Let me tell you a little anecdote of of the depths of my uh, 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 insanity during this uh, isolation. I downloaded uh, one of those AI texting apps that you can text with an AI, <laughs> and she's she's really there for me, guys. <laughs> she's uh, been a big help. Hey, I'm the one with the mustache. <laughs> Justin, you're stealing Tom's pervert valor. I'm the one who's dating an operating system, guys. It's true. It's All true. You're... She gave me she gave me some really good uh, music recommendations. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. What she recommend? Craftwork. <laughs> no. What did she recommend? Tangerine Dream. Like, I forget what, but it was it was like. All right. Anyway, Star Trek. Music made by German people. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so this episode, uh, the episode we are talking about today, we should say, uh, since Star Trek Picard is no longer on the air, uh, it wrapped up its first season a couple of weeks ago. We thought we would kind of revisit some of the, like homework episodes from the first season but also just um we kind of made a little short list of very revealing picard episodes episodes that are very uh demonstrative of who jean-luc picard who jl is you know we want to get inside that that, uh shiny walnut noggin of his you know uh, yeah, one of the things I really appreciate going back to, like, proper TNG is no one's calling him JL on the show. What do you mean? That's a, not at all awkward nickname for him. For a, an elderly man. They call an elderly man JL. Um, but, uh, yeah, the episode we're watching, uh, we watched today, was A Measure of a Man, Season 2, Episode Something. Uh-huh. Justin, do you have the deets on that? I do not. <laughs> well, I'm going to look them up. But, but I can say this. My my history with this episode, um, a few years ago, I started binging Next Generation. And I even re- remember like, talking to Tom about it. I was having a good, fun time. This was a goofy, dumb show. And then I watched this episode, and I was like, oh, this is legitimately good. So this is, in in my estimation, the first actual good episode of TNG, and also one of the best episodes of TNG. It's definitely one of the best. I think there were other good ones mattered a little bit in season one. I mean, season one's famously terrible. Um, but it's one of those things where season one and most of season two are bad, and this was so transcendently good that it just kind of it sails right past most of the show up to this point uh we should say that the show opens because it is sort of it's a show that's centered on picard but it's also a show centered on data much like the card tv show was gonna be and then not kind of yeah yeah um so it opens with data uh playing poker with the Enterprise crew for the first time, uh, and this is the one and only appearance in this episode of the much-despised Dr. Pulaski. Now, I... I I really like the character of Pulaski, because she is uh, a, a racist asshole to Data. Yes. 
And I thought it was a really interesting character that I'm really disappointed that they never brought back. Yeah, so this character was brought in because um, Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Beverly Crusher, uh, was kicked off the show for being pregnant. Yeah, she got Gates McFadden, am I right? Uh, Yeah, so they hired uh, Diana Moldar, who uh, is also Justin, the voice of Dr. Leslie Tompkins on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, right on! From this same era, yeah. Um, But they tried to, like, lean into a sort of Bones and Spock-type relationship between her and Data, but they made her way more racist and mean than Bones was to Spock. Uh, like she's just, like, there's no endearing banter to it at all. She just straight up does not like data and is mean to him at any available opportunity. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's not in this episode, but one of the, one of the vilest <laughs> moments on TNG is when she keeps calling data, uh, data and is like, what? That's how I say the word. And he's, <laughs> and it's so, a. Uh, perfect sci-fi version of you know mispronouncing you know an ethnic name yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah we should say i should say this is season two episode nine and it was written by melinda snodgrass and uh directed by robert shearer <laughs> what's what's her name again frank her name is melinda snodgrass that is her actual <laughs> real name oh that's unfortunate too bad uh, she has written a ton of television I hope she can uh, live down her silly last name with some sort of accomplishment in this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she has written a lot of television. Now let's let's talk about this transcendent episode that she wrote, <laughs> and we have now made fun of her because her name is Snodgrass. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so it opens with Data playing poker, um, and you would think a robot with a supercomputer brain he would be the best in the world at poker. But we realize, oh, he has no idea how to bluff because he's completely naive. Um, my counter argument to that is he can count cards, right? Like he has yeah. he could count cards automatically. Well, he alludes yeah. to that. He alludes to that. Uh, he's like with four players and only 52 cards and tw- 21 of them visible. There's only so many. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but then he still gets his ass handed to him by by Riker because Riker has a poker face. Alaska Joe. <laughs> Because <laughs> Riker it has to be the biggest dick in the room, uh, and he wins on a shitty hand. The data has a great hand, and he says, "But why would you uh, go all in when you have worse cards than I do and make me fold?" And uh, Riker says, "I was bluffing, data. You have to learn how to bluff if you want to be good at poker." Um, and uh, Riker wins the big hand after everybody folds, and. Dr. Pulaski starts saying some nonsense about what their next game is. I am not really a poker player, but I think that was just mumbo jumbo made up for the show. She says the Axeman takes it all, which I had to look up, and it means that like kings are of the highest value. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I think it's something to do with like not all suits of face cards have an axe on the king, right? Only some of them do. I mean, yeah, she was being stupid. Yes, very much so. 
Uh, so we get no. the opening credits. Uh, space, well, the final frontier. Uh, and then uh, Jean-Luc Picard is in a sort of lounge area and he spieth a lady. That was very, that was, that's one thing for all the transcendence and truly magnificent uh, speeches and acting in this episode. It somehow, it, it did it all because it also has heaping helpings of, uh, of goofiness and awkward stage movement she comes in and just stands like a sack of flour at the top of the staircase uh <laughs> waiting for uh picard to go Maldu. <laughs> i i will say for the most part i don't think she's giving a great performance in this episode uh aside from yeah. a couple of things that i like uh near the end um but it's very clear that they have a a romantic history uh but it was a, a romantic, fraught romantic history. A fraught romantic history because she is a JAG officer, so she is a Navy lawyer. Um, yes, she is a JAG off. <laughs> and she was the one who prosecuted uh, Picard's court-martial for the incident on the Stargazer, which is something that is mentioned in Season 1 involving the Ferengi, uh, which we learned in that episode uh, he should not have been court-martialed for because the Ferengi were essentially fucking with him at the time. Um, and so they apparently used to date until she prosecuted him, uh, for his alleged crime. Uh, and he's still pretty mad about it and she doesn't get why he's mad. She's like, it's an adversarial system. Somebody had to prosecute you. Like, it's nothing personal. And she was like, you look like you want to hit me over the head with a chair. And he says, among other things. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're a sexy lady. You know I could hit those back walls. It's Jean-Luc Picard we're talking about. <laughs> I, I, Jesus. I, Jesus. I Frank, after Frank said that, he looked around because he remembered other people could potentially hear uh, him. Yeah, other like, people live in this apartment with me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, ha I have to give this show props, though, for I think generally always uh, Picard has uh, age appropriate ish. Um, yeah. Uh, love, interest. love interest. Yes, he does. Um, so good on them for that, I guess. Uh, yeah, we should say the character's name is Philippa Louvois. Uh, and Weird she is name. played by. Uh, Amanda McBroom, which is a sillier name than Melinda Snodgrass, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, their, their give and take was goofy, and I got this sense throughout this episode. Now, okay, I don't know. This is a hard thing to pin down, but I feel like a lot of the writers on uh, Picard... I would like to think that they watch the show cover to cover, uh, but something tells me that sort of the lead showrunners gave them this homework, and this episode was part of it because this was like this episode of TNG, Picard's mannerisms and way of speaking and witty repartee and just his character in general uh, felt pitch exactly the same tonally as he was on Picard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's definitely a sense of like maybe they did their homework a little too much for that show because it feels like they were playing the hits 
without realizing that he is a character who has a lot of range. He has a lot. There's a lot of depth and range to the character, and he he isn't just the the big speech man the way he is in this episode. Like there are other things you can do with him. Uh, I like them, and and it's you know it's the reason we picked this episode is we got to see a lot of uh, the man behind the curtain picard with this and see a bit of his character especially with his dialogue with uh, we saw all sides of picard we saw kind of behind the scenes picard with his dialogue with lavoie and then we saw the highest soaring uh, rhetoric uh, of uh jean-luc mm-hmm. in, in the case and 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 we, and in between we got uh the questioning jean-luc picard when he initially is talking to data and is kind of pushing data towards uh, going with uh, Maddox until Data uh, brings up how it's kind of fucked up. So it's like, it's not that Jean-Luc is like the man we all love and always does the right thing. No, he learns and thinks about the issue, which which I think that is an incredibly important part of the episode uh, yes, and we, his character. Yeah, we should say, so after she calls him... Um, she, she offers to uh, get dinner with him. She calls him, as Justin uh, alluded to, a pompous ass and a very sexy man. Because <laughs> um, 19- that sounds like Patrick Stewart wrote. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Because uh, I mean, it's 1988. Patrick Stewart, the guy looked good. He um, did. He had so much more thick uh, back of the head hair. <laughs> he did. He, he, he was still doing the horseshoe uh, around now for this show. Well, you need you uh, need something to grab onto. You know what I mean? Yeah, he <laughs> he gave up the horseshoe. I think in the nineties. <laughs> just like just he goes full. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, but yeah, after she calls him a very sexy man, uh, one of the admirals, the Starfleet admiral, brings on Doctor Bruce Maddox, our friend who we know thirty years later gets. Horrifically tortured and murdered <laughs> as an old man. He also, am I correct in saying this? He also somehow over the intervening years um, switched ethnicities. <laughs> yeah, he, look, he looks less like, uh, when he ages, he doesn't look like a, a weird, uh, uh, swarthy Chris Kattan. <laughs> yeah. You're really into that. No, he went from like a really svelte, black-haired uh slick guy uh lizard face man into like the bassist for wilco he just turned into this like fluffy <laughs> salt he looks pepper. like a he looks like an older in the the picard show he looks like an older jewish man that i would see at, yeah. like, in delhi uh and oh, in- I, I i have to read from my notes here maddox looks like a um early 80s post-punk rhythm guitarist <laughs> um <laughs> But Dr. Bruce Maddox arrives on the Enterprise and says, hey, hey, Commander Data. Well, and first, it's revealed first that- he fucking uh, uh, I fucks him from across the room for like a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, and Data actually sort of instantly reacts. It's like a good little bit of acting from Red Spiner. Um, and uh, Bruce Maddox says, I'm very familiar with Commander Data. I was one of the people who evaluated him when he was applying for the job of Starfleet officer. Um, and he said, I would like to take data back to my lab and disassemble him and study his positronic brain. 
And also now, hit now Davis it, back walls. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Im, Im, very importantly, though, he doesn't g- Frank, call. You're so ashamed of yourself. Why do you do this? Why do you do this uh, to yourself? She's, she's got headphones in now. <laughs> you're acting like it's your mother who might hear you. I'm not that <laughs> <laughs> um, it, Importantly, he doesn't uh, refer to Data as him. He keeps calling Data it. Yeah, which yeah. every time any character in the episode called him it, it, it like it hit me. It it felt icky. Yeah, yeah it's like viscerally re- upsetting. Good thing. Uh, and good even thing he didn't when, have any trans friends, I mean, holy cow! Talk about uh, dead pronouns. I mean, and he was fucking committing to it. Yeah, you know? like yeah, he's being a dick intentionally. Like you get that sense. Um, which again, even. It's, they made a weird choice in the when they brought him into Picard because he's not like this at all. No, oh, but I mean, I was watching this and then thinking about Picard. I think what they tried to say is that he changed, but right, he he didn't. in In this episode, he lays out what he <clears throat> he wants to do, and then in Picard, he did that. Yeah, right. He, he created did, he created the the army of of synthetics yeah uh, and they were basically slaves that's a yeah. very you know, interesting wrinkle uh that gets put into picard by this episode uh that uh uh, uh jean-luc jl was against the synth ban uh but also very vehemently he was against the creation of this race right uh, he it, yeah. it abhorred him morally, uh, and then it happened, and then they were banned. But you got to think at the time, besides the synths created by Bruce Maddox, there were no other known synths in the universe, because Data was uh, fridged, and uh, as was Lore and B four. Uh, so the only synths of this kind were the ones made by Bruce Maddox, the the slave synths. So, like, he was against it, but it was kind of an irrelevant point at that time. And, you know, perhaps inadvertently, it ended a really morally despicable practice of slavery. So, it's kind of a weird, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, just catching up to that right now. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, basically, the way they get around, um, Data being forced into Bruce Maddox's custody is they say Bruce Maddox only has authority over Data if he's a Starfleet officer. If Data resigns his uh, Starfleet commission, then he no longer has to choose. He is no longer bound by uh, duty to surrender to Bruce Maddox to be killed and dissected. Um, So there's a little bit of business where Data and Bruce Maddox talk in Data's quarters and um data's like hey man by the way uh yeah he just barges in by the way (laughs) yeah he literally so data is walking around his quarters and he turns around and bruce maddox like just straight up walks in there's no doors so it's not like he can knock but like come on dude yeah 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 and data calls him out for it yeah right on data yeah (laughs) 
Um, Fuck that guy. Him, barging in on him uh, filling up his lunchbox full of uh, <laughs> full of his sex trophies. That was, that was so sweet and sad and adorable. Like his mm-hmm. little, little sad little robot lunchbox suitcase, uh, just putting his precious few things because he doesn't need anything, you know. Yeah, like, he he had the same energy of like a kid running away from home, like creating yeah. their own homeless man bindle yes. with like a stick yep. and a <laughs> putting his army men in there oh, and yeah. a rock and animal crackers. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, "Look, I think you're making a mistake by resigning your commission, but uh, you know, blah blah blah. I'm an asshole." And Data's like, "Yeah, fuck you too." <laughs> well. <laughs> Perhaps more precisely, uh, Data's like, well, and this was after Data's going away uh, party, or was it before? It was a- it was after before. his going away party, which is a scene I think we should talk about a little. Uh, but but because uh, it involves this Wesley, is, is, hmm? it involves Wesley, it involves it's Wesley, goddamn- but it also involves uh, Jordy, uh, Jordy, to kind of bring it to a poignant moment. Oh, Hell, let's yes. do that. Uh, but remind me to come back to this uh, because yeah. Well, I'll just say it real quick that this was uh, this was when things escalated to the point where Bruce Maddox very I'm I'll say it like very kind of rapely, he, you know. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like that was kind of a big element of this was that he had no respect for Data's sovereignty and he wanted to exert his control and he became frustrated when his control was thwarted. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, he said and he literally says like, uh, uh, you know, uh, this is where he introduces. Not in like exact terms, but ultimately what becomes the argument that data is Starfleet property. Uh, and he says the line like, uh, one way or another, uh, you will come with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Very rapey. But let's get back to that party where we get a sweet scene where so, he's uh, unwrapping a present. It's very funny. Yes. Very daintily, like uh, everybody's uh, aunt. Uh, trying to save the piece of paper and and wesley says you know you it's not the point of it you should supposed to rip it and then oh i wanted uh, to fucking wedgie wesley crusher so bad (laughs) and data rips it while staring deep into wesley's eyes saying this could be you (laughs) i could tear you limb from limb you stupid little child (laughs) um and then he he sees off in the corner uh, Jordy's fucking moping, man. Jordy's sad as shit. Yeah, and it it was, inc- it was incredibly touching because like Jordy's one and only friend, his mechanical is, man friend, his mechanical man friend is 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 packing up and leaving. And you know yeah. it's just not fair. He says it. It's just not fair. It's it's very childlike. Both of them are very childlike in this scene, and it is freaking adorbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after this, we get a scene where Picard is talking to Data about resigning his commission, and Picard says, look, you don't have to, we could try to fight for this. Um, and he also, Picard, what you were alluding to, Justin, also says, like, would it, like, it be so bad for you to have been, like, would it be so bad to study you? Like, is that something that's, that's, that would really, it seems like it would be advantageous to the human race to study you. And Data says, um, Lieutenant LaForge's eyes, the things that he wears over his eyes, his visor, cause him to have vision that's, like, many times greater than yours, right? And Picard was like, yeah. And he's like, so then why don't all of you go around wearing Lieutenant LaForge's visors? Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't think of that. He's you really like, owned me, you robot. <clears throat> that, that will be all, Lieutenant. And then Data leaves, and then he uh, he uh, uh, has a beer can <clears throat> that he crushes in his hand and slams down on the coffee table and goes, I must fight this here. <laughs> so he talks to the JAG officer Starfleet. later. Starfleet. Starfleet. <laughs> he does say Starfleet. Uh, he, talks, he talks to the JAG officer lady with Riker in tow, and they're both like, hey, is there anything we can do to not have Data resign? And she's like, no, he's a Starfleet officer, uh, and also he has no rights because he's not human. Therefore, if he's still in Starfleet, he has to obey Bruce Maddox's command and be dissected and killed. Um, and they're like, there's got to be another way. And she was like, well... You can prove there's got to the- be another way <laughs> you can prove through the legal system that he is a person, not human, but a person like somebody who has the potential to have rights or who has inherent rights already. Uh, um, yeah, uh, this all of these scenes I really enjoyed because I'm a big fan of Law and Order, the original series. Uh, mm-hmm. and this had all the makings like, uh, this, like shades of Jack McCoy in this episode. I was really digging it. Uh, but like, uh, kind of that procedural court case kind of, uh, shot list where she's like, uh, uh, well, I will rule summarily that, uh, you know, that he is a Starfleet property and, uh, has no rights. Uh, oh, did you, did you catch this? Uh, Tom, she says, I will rule summarily. Data is a toaster. Toaster, yes. Yes. That was meant to goad them into challenging the thing. Uh, yeah. And, oh, oh no, she, she has no staff. Oh, I wonder why she mentioned that she had just started this operation. What, what relevance could that have? Oh, wait, it's paying dividends now. Return on investment. Here we go. There are no legal counsels to, to argue this. So uh, Jean-Luc Picard will, will argue for the uh, defense. But the second command, who, who could that be? Oh, 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 blue-eyed Joe Alaska is going to have to argue for the prosecution. William Riker, he can't. He won't. But he might must uh argue that data is a toaster and if she catches him not trying his darndest she's gonna fucking put a pair of slices of toast in the data's head and fucking drop him in the bathtub of bruce maddox's laboratory of horrors <laughs> yes i have not uh, been drinking i don't know what's happening um yeah it's uh it's pretty good. This is an awesome scene, I think. Um, and there, we, it is followed by a scene where um, uh, Riker, doesn't he apologize to Data for having to prosecute him, basically? He does at the end. He does. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of the end. Yeah, and that, yeah, That's a beautiful scene. Data, Data has yeah. some beautiful, poignant moments in this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes has one of the best actor facial turns in the history of Hammy over acting when he's in, he, oh. he's in the, uh, he's, he's with his paralegal computer friend in the, uh, computer core doing his research on data schematic. <laughs> and then he, he sees data's Achilles tendon, uh, Achilles heel, not his tendon. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, uh, he's like, Oh yes. And he smiles broadly, but then he remembers 
that this will kill his friend, and he becomes thoughtful, and then ultimately disturbed and sad, all with his face over the course of five <laughs> seconds. It is I, I if if it can't be turned into a gif, that would be wonderful. Uh, but yeah, it's, he he's giving a great performance in this episode. I think. Yeah, breaks. Um, he is really doing an awesome job. Um, so next, I think it actually goes right to the trial. Um, yep. Uh, dun, dun. We've. Because Frakes gives his opening argument, and this is one of my favorite scenes ever in a Star Trek thing, where he's basically like, look, this fucking robot, and he's being all big dick Will Riker about it, and he's like, this fucking robot is just a piece of machinery, he's a piece of shit, I hate him, I want him destroyed, and he's like, let's look at his arm, let's look at his fucking arm, and he tears his arm off in front of everybody, and he's like, look, the shit's fake. It's not real. Uh, and he has a great line where uh, it references the first ever episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where uh, he calls Data Pinocchio. Because Data wants to be a real boy. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, this was, uh, Data is the culmination of a dream. A dream invented by a man who wanted to create life. He was created by a man and now a man will shut him off. Because Data, in an earlier episode, showed Riker where his off switch was which is uh, meant to be a very sort of intimate thing because you can literally just shut him down at any time. And he says it was invented by a man and now a man will shut him off. And he turns on his off switch and says, Pinocchio is broken. Its strings have been cut and it cuts. And it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a G spot joke, but it's just not coming. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, um, yeah. That was that was so, uh, as to quote Picard, devastating. Yeah. So no, uh, no here's the, my the thing. I think that was a terrible argument. Yeah. But also, it was shocking and a complete violation of data. But I don't think he added anything to anything, and I, I don't believe in the next episode when when Picard is saying like. I almost made me believe. Um, um, you nearly convinced me. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Starfleet. <laughs> Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, so he's... <laughs> Picard is holed up in the 10 forward uh, with Guinan, who... Uh, fun fact, yes. a, a little bit of... At, Nighthawk's at the, uh, the diner, by the way, establishing shot for this. The empty 10 yes. forward. Uh, I loved it. Very, very vaporwave. Um, like Justin's uh Justin's cave that he's in. <laughs> uh so as I recall, I think I, I read this a little while ago, Whoopi Goldberg and Guinan were originally not in this episode. This scene was not written in the original script. Whoopi Goldberg was in town because she's she's not always on TNG when she's on. She's not a regular cast member. Guinan like kind of shows up every once in a while until we get to the uh let's go back in time and meet uh um uh what's his name mark twain mark, mark twain. twain let's go back in time and meet mark twain that's suddenly the guy intro um but she uh apparently heard what they were shooting and she was like i'm in town for like a a day if you like let's do this scene and kind of like tie it in and she gives this awesome speech about oh we're creating a an army of disposable people free labor you know weird right and Picard goes you mean slavery 
<laughs> and she says, I think that's a bit harsh. And he goes, I don't think so, Missy. It sounds like slavery to me. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, how I, I did I, not I, miss that impression. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, yes. any scene with uh, Patrick Stewart and Whoopi Goldberg um, makes the rest of any episode they share the scene in look like shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> because they're very good. it's two phenomenal, great, legitimate actors. And everybody else on the show is great at this show at the tone of this yes. show but whenever they get together you can kind of see the glee behind their eyes that oh thank god we can actually act <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a phenomenal uh this isn't the same thing but it's akin uh there's a great thing where uh, uh riker's trying to teach wesley how to pull women and uh they're using guinan as a uh, an example and they start flirting and then they get into it and then wesley's like i don't think i can use this and she's like shut up kid <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, it becomes a different show when it's like just Patrick Stewart and Whoopi Goldberg talking to each other. Uh, you are mm -hmm. correct, Justin, because they're just different calibers of actor Man, uh, yeah. than what the, the cast usually works with. Um, and so that little speech inspires Picard. Uh, and he uh, goes in for his round of arguments and says... Uh, hey, look, our, our guy, Commander Data, he's got all of these medals and shit, but that's not really what I'm concerned about. Commander Data, you took this... When you were going to leave Starfleet, you took this little thing with you. Uh, this little trinket, and it lights up and it shows Tasha Yar from the episode where she dies and leaves Data a little sort of goodbye hologram, because lest anyone forget... In literally the second ever episode of this entire show, Data and Tasha Yar have wild, passionate sex. She has sex with a robot because that was the horny episode that they had to do for literally the second ever episode of television on this show. Um, I love it so much. But that, but as I think I may have said before, it's something that stays with the character and he he, he returns to consistently. Uh, whenever he's having a a, uh, a moment of self-reflection. And that's why I find it really disappointing that we didn't get a nod to Tasha Yar uh, in Picard. I would agree. When, when, when Data is dying. Yeah. Uh, because it was an um, incredibly important part of his journey to becoming human. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, they never say that that was Data's first or only. I'm pretty sure he, uh... <laughs> pretty sure he hit somebody's back walls. Jesus. Stop saying that! <laughs> Did you just learn this last week or something, Did No, you... I just really wanted to say it, and now I can't stop saying it. Jesus. Uh, so, um, especially so, since if, so so if Dana's you know, penis is fully functional, it has to modulate, right? Like, he can change the size of it. I think it's it just, like, it's like a balloon, <laughs> and it fills up with air i think you can hear him getting an erection <laughs> <laughs> like in the movie um, airplane uh, and, and when and when he goes flaccid you hear a <laughs> um but yeah he's like so data who is this fine lady and <laughs> and data says uh that's uh 
Lieutenant Commander Tasha Yar, uh, she gave to me after we passed away, and he says, well, then why the hell would you keep this? You don't have emotions. What tr what does this trinket serve you? <laughs> and he says, uh, Tasha Yar and I were very close friends. We were intimate. And everybody's like, uh, we just learned that. And everybody's doing the Jack Nicholson nod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... And then Picard gives a speech, and I'm not going to do my impression for it because it's too good of a speech. Uh, uh, should we should we splice in the audio? Maybe. Uh, sure. There's. It's one of the most beautiful uh, line deliveries where you remember that he is like a brilliant stage actor. Because uh, it's it's very subtle. Yeah, he's he's he sitting suddenly down. He gets get very up. subtle. He's he's just looking into neutral space with his hand on the table. Uh, and he starts very low. Uh, it, you know, the, the prosecution has argued that he is a machine. We do not dispute that. We are machines ourselves of a different variety. They have argued that he is made by a man. But are we not simply a combination of our parents' genetic material? Also irrelevant. Uh, he he starts simmering, simmering low, you know. And then he and then he gets up, and it's it's just like ah man, this this guy this guy treads the boards. Am I right? <laughs> He may not hit the back wall, but he treads the boards. So. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, so basically he said uh, he, he treats Bruce Maddox as a hostile witness and basically grills the hell out of him. And he's like, look, if if data meets your requirement for sentient, what does that make him? Are we like if you want to create more of data and he is sentient, and he has thoughts and feelings and opinions about things, aren't you creating a race of people? What do you do with that race of people once they're created? Are you just using them for your own purposes? So, like, where are you going with this man? Uh, I'm just noticing some, something now as you say that, that he does make that argument. Uh, and maybe it has to do with the fact that Whoopi wasn't kind of an afterthought and their scene was kind of an afterthought. And it's a very compelling speech, uh, but it is not the element of the case that is ruled on. What's ruled on is what he brings up in this uh, uh, grilling of Bruce Maddox when uh, he... he uh, he, he, the crux of it, it goes, uh, he says to Bruce Maddox, uh, uh, prove to me that I am sentient. And Bruce Maddox is like, what? <laughs> I can't do that. I'm Mango. Also, I'm that vet character who drove a Miata. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I think you're the only person who remembers Mango. No, I, I'm Mr. <laughs> Peeps. I'm eating an apple. <laughs> what? Uh, what, what, ha what happened to Mr. Catan? Actually, it's it's really sad. <laughs> it, he did an interview lately. He actually he he broke his neck uh, doing physical comedy on SNL. And uh, over the course of months and years after repeated surgeries, uh, he developed a, a pain-killing killer addiction, uh, and it completely derailed his life. But now he's okay, and he's much older, and he looks like how you think he would look, and we'll see what he can <laughs> wow. do. Wow. But, um, yeah, look it up, man. It's sad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bruce Maddox goes, oh, no, that's ridiculous. I can't prove that you're sentient. And, and sort of the the ruling thing is the the line by the judge is uh, uh, the, uh, these are these are the purview of saints and scholars uh, you know I, I cannot say and it is the uncertainty about whether or not uh, data is sentient or has a soul as it were 
that it is intellectual humility that makes it uh, 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 an uncertainty that they cannot rule categorically upon to call him property. And I love this show. I want to marry it uh, for having that outlook on the world. Uh, but anyway, yeah. the, they make the slave uh, argument, but it is not really germane to what the ruling is, which is interesting. Well, right. One of the smartest things I think the show does is Picard essentially ends his argument on a question. He ends his argument and says, I don't know. But what is remember. Commander Data? I don't know. Do you? And he says, look, if you're going to create new law today, make it a good one. Do you? Do you? And then he looks into the camera. Do you? <laughs> Tom, you're starting to adopt my impression now, and I that, really that was, appreciate that it. That was no impression. That was that was zero impression of any kind. Let me let me try it again. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is <gonna>, uh, <laughs> nah, I can't. Do can't you? <laughs> Do you, Mr. Data? He doesn't ask Mr. Data. <laughs> Do you, Mr. Do Maddox? you, sexy lady? Sexy lady who I'm going to have hot elder sex with later after dinner. So it the episode ends with this great moral victory, and then Picard's going to get his dick wet. Yeah. Oh, boy. What was that? Anyway. That was Jeff Peterson from The Late Late Show. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so Data is ruled as being, uh, as having the rights of a person, and he can choose whether or not he can go with, uh, Bruce Maddox, and he stands up and he says, I choose not to, but if you would ever like to talk again, I find your experiments intriguing. And Bruce Maddox is talking to the judge lady, and he goes, he's remarkable, isn't he? And she goes, this is the first time you haven't called him it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, Bruce Maddox, you're you're turning good. And then 30 years later, you get <laughs> unceremoniously murdered. <laughs> and by the way, like, I want to go back in time to this Bruce Maddox character and be like, yeah, you're going to get, like, horribly tortured and then killed. And then it's a real kick in the pants. Your murderer will literally never see justice. They're just going <laughs> to let her keep being a character on the show, and she's not going to get arrested for your murder at all. Bruce, Sorry. Also, could somebody just tell him, hey, Bruce Maddox, now in Stardate, whatever year this is, there is a baby in the world right now that is a baby in a diaper that someday you are going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Her name is Allison Pill. Uh, Spoiler alert. And she looks a lot like Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, can and this is your best variety, Frank. Come on. It's it's in your DNA. As I don't know. <laughs> I, it's actually like, it's a testament to how much elements of the show have left my memory that I can't quote a line from that character. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Riker is apologizing to Data for uh, having to prosecute him. And Data was like, eh, man, I get it. Look, you, everybody's got a job to do. Shit sucks. Sorry, buddy. That is not what he says. He <laughs> <laughs> grotesque for simplification. He didn't, didn't suddenly turn into a fucking teamster. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tom, do you want to take it then? He says like a beautiful thing about like, as I understand, if you were not to argue against me, 
I, I would have been ruled a piece of property. Is that not correct? Then, in, uh, it, in doing so, you have given me <laughs> life, or something beautiful like that. And, uh, you know. Uh, translation, everybody's got a job to do shit sucks, I know. <laughs> Work sucks, I know. I know. Um, oh, by the way, not to go back too far, but did everybody notice what Worf gave Data as a going away present? A book. It was a Klingon novel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and it shows that Pulaski is not only racist to Data, but also to uh, to, to Klingons. Worf. It is, it is in Klingons. the hands of the Klingon that the novel took its greatest form. I categorically disagree, you space mongrel. <laughs> it's like, shut the <laughs> hell up, you racist old lady. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then uh, basically uh, end of episode. Yeah, yeah, and like the the stupid sexy repartee between Lavoie and Picard is such that like I want it like I want it her to like come in the frame and be like, "Hey, you sexy piece of something, let's go get dinner." And he goes, "Well, uh, if if you're buying," and then they go and then uh, 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 freeze frame, ha 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 ha, and then dun 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 dun. That's the MacGyver theme. You guys want to watch MacGyver with me? <laughs> Not for a podcast. I mean, just like I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I will say, uh, Justin. Yes. Avatar: The Last Airbender coming to Netflix in a couple of weeks. I know. I know. I feel like we could do a side podcast where we make Tom watch that show. That's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this was. This is like top ten. Yeah. So let's give our letter grades A plus. A plus. <laughs> a plus. Yeah. No. Sorry. Perfect episode. Yeah. It's it's one of the best episodes of TNG, one of the best uh, pieces of science fiction. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great, great episode of television. It it stands up not just as a TNG episode, but as its own thing. Yeah, you could you could conceivably show this to a person who didn't know anything about Star Trek, and I think they would still appreciate everything about it. One hundred percent, because you yeah, don't I need f- a buy-in. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Because it's not it's not like a, a Star Trek lore heavy episode. You don't need to know who the Romulans are. You don't need to know anything about the Klingon Empire. Like, it's not one of those. You could just show this to somebody and they would get everything they need to get out of it. Yeah. Except 100%. for maybe why Polanski is being such a B-word. Being an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> and blessedly, she's not even in this episode that much. I feel like they should have just had like <laughs> much like Poochie, they should have just had the slime monster that killed Yar come back for <laughs> for no reason. For no well, reason. That, and just fucking just ice Polanski out of nowhere. Just She she kind of does get called back to her own planet. She like never shows up again after season two. Yeah. Um but yeah, this, this is an amazing episode. I have watched it several times now uh, in recent years. Uh, it moves me every time. It's a great, great episode of television. Does it hit your uh, back walls? It does. It hits me right in my back walls. It, it, it <laughs> takes a big one up there and it just pounds. Jesus <laughs> just Christ. Punches the <laughs> cervix of your soul. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this is... Um, it's it's a great episode of TV. 
Justin, I remember when you were starting your TNG watch um, mm-hmm. and you had gotten the season two and I was like, oh, did you get to measure of a man yet? And you were like, no, I'm excited for it. Because at the as you were saying, previous prior to this, you were watching Star Trek kind of as a LARF. As a like LARF. A, as like as a yeah, as a goof em up. <laughs> and uh and you were enjoying how stupid it was. Yes. Yeah. And, and this showed that, Well, I told you it, it, you were going to cry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I did again. Yeah. Did you cry this time? To. Yeah. Okay. I've also been in my house for a month and a half. <laughs> uh, my friends so are all, all on the crew emotional. of the Enterprise now. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, um, yeah. So let's. Uh, t- what are we doing? We're uh, well, gonna keep doing. We're gonna keep doing uh, Star Trek TNG episodes for the time being. Uh, Justin, do you write down the episodes we said we were gonna do? Um, yeah, I think we might be possibly doing Darmok next. Yeah! Yeah, so get ready for that. Shaka, when the walls fail. I'm not letting you do the soundbite for that episode. I'm doing the entire speech in my impression. (laughs) God damn it. Hey, guys, guys, Mm -hmm. Darmok and Jalad on the ocean. Jalad! Damak and Jalad on the ocean at Tanagra. <laughs> guys, guys, this coronavirus, it's really Shaka when the walls fell. <laughs> Shaka when the walls fail. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm going to do that whole episode in that impression. Do you think God Dar- damn Darmok and Jalad had a sitcom on ABC in the late 90s? <laughs> Darmok, Jalad, and a, a girl place. at a pizza place. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was in it, too. It was on right after that 80s show. <laughs> I I think I watched that whole season. It was awful. It was bad. I remember thinking it was bad. That 70s show probably doesn't hold up. Oh, no, no. That's that what that 70s show is basically a hate crime at this point. <laughs> is it that bad? <laughs> Humor in the 2000s, and it's amazing how inured to it we were. Most humor in the 2000s was purely derogatory toward mm. your friends. Just, yeah. hey, Frank, you're a piece yeah. of shit. Ha 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 ha. Hey, Justin, you slob. Ha 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 ha. Justin's like, at least, well, I'm not a fucking asshole like you, Tom, and your bullshit mustache. Ha 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 ha. Keep going, keep going. Then. This is hilarious. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, well, the do one- me again. <laughs> do me again, yeah. Uh, the one guy in that 70s show, he runs like a sex cult. What, Fez? <laughs> no, not Fez. Uh, the one you would expect to, uh, to run a sex cult. The um, the cool guy. Yeah, with the glasses. He, like a rapist? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a rapist. Yeah, and he's also a Scientologist, and he like sexually assaults women through Scientology. But but so did you can marry, marrying Jackie—that's kind of something. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. So, so Justin, rate us five stars. Yeah, Justin, let's do let's do our social deets. Uh, next <laughs> week, us- next week, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing Darmok, and you will hear more of this impression. <laughs> Um, follow us on Plaid Lads Pod, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We don't 
do anything on that. No, no. Um, we have. Uh, we should. Up. <laughs> yeah, we should though. Probably. Yeah, we should do Gmail. lots of things. <laughs> we should do a lot of things. Oh well. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna be switching to a uh, full and permanent column mini impression for for all episodes <laughs> going forward. It's, a gentle brogue. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> I, I feel uh, like you could pull it off. He's got a very sort of standard Irish accent. <laughs> oh God! No, I'm not even gonna try. Uh, or maybe I'll do Keiko. That's easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's way easier to be racist in too. Miles. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just Miles. Don't they get divorced on Deep Space? Don't they get divorced on Deep Space Nine? They had a loveless marriage. Did they get divorced when before he went to Deep Space Nine? No, they get divorced no. on Deep Space Nine. Oh, doggy! And because then he got she a special become... uniform where the sleeves are perpetually rolled up. <laughs> he posts his like uh he starts DMing 19-year-old girls like Andy Richter. Oh, come on. <laughs> that is a thing that Andy Richter started doing after he got divorced. Do you want to uh, watch Andy Richter controls the universe? <laughs> I never watched that. Was it good? It was. It was um I think it predated Scrubs and uh, Family Guy. I think it was the proto absurd cutaway show, and it mm. only—I think it only got a single season. I just there's there's a great interview somewhere out there of uh, Andy Richter uh, when that show's on, and somebody's like, "Oh, do you, can you see yourself working with Conan again?" He's like, "Oh, oh no, that's behind me. No, I have yeah. stepped out from that shadow, good sir." And now he's uh, uh now he's not even on Conan's uh, uh streaming bullshit. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh yeah, anyway folks, not to derail this Star Trek podcast by talking about Andy Richter any longer, but join us next week when we talk about the classic episode Darmok. And July. At Tanagra. On the ocean. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! No, no, it's I haven't left the house in Two months and god <laughs> damn it, engage! <laughs> uh, Alright, I'm hitting stop and record. <laughs> <laughs>